Hello and welcome to the Truck and Driver podcast. I'm Dougie Rankin. And I'm Matt Island. And it's early, relatively early Sunday morning when we're recording this. I'm a bit bleary-eyed, I must admit, because I've been out driving for the last week. Uh, which is uh, something I've not done for a little while, which has been good. How's yourself? What have you been up to uh, in recent times, yeah, Matt? <laughs> well, I'm a little bit bleary-eyed as well. Um, since I like well, since the last match, it's been quite a while. But all of this week, I've been driver training, which is uh, usually sort of office hours, which is quite nice. But if there's a quarter to nine test, which I had Friday morning, need to be in for quarter to seven, so which means I had to be up at sort of five o'clock to get up and get ready, get into work. So and then I had a couple of hours before my next test in the afternoon. So it was actually. <laughs> I was going to say I did a whole 10 hour day and uh, I'm sure everybody who is listening and driving a truck is just going to laugh and say well what is that it <laughs> but that hit, hit hard after doing sort of 8 till 4 roughly all week oh, exactly I so I mean, the last time that we spoke on the podcast this was something you were just setting up and getting into was the driver training I think we maybe mentioned it briefly in the magazine on the truck and driver podcast so this is something that you're doing quite regularly now because previously to that you were doing the cat and dog transporting around Europe in the van, which was officially a very cushy number to all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. So what's what's been happening with the driver training? Is that your kind of main thing at the moment? Um, kind of at the moment, yeah. So the, the pet transport, basically a, a good friend of mine who I got a job uh, on there f- for him, uh, he wants to sort of do three weeks or so of work, whether he be away or home at any point, but just then wants a week off. So I said, well, I'll cover your week off. We can swap the van over. You know, the van's kept running. He knows who we are. I always get a week a month minimum shooting off into Europe and or, or maybe even just around the UK for a bit of a change. Um, and the rest of the month, I get to either drive a truck or, or train people on it. So in the training... They've, it's really sort of picked up of late. Um, now, whether that's with the possible license laws changing and various things like that, I don't know, but it's got busier and busier. Uh, and the, the company have just gone out yesterday and finally managed to buy a second-hand tractor unit. So we just need to find a trailer. So we've got two Arctics to train people on because up until now, it's only been the one with two two Category Cs and one seven and a half tonner. So... Now they're going to be virtually obsolete, I would say, uh, until such time that the law might change again. I, um, I can't. So... See, I can't see it changing. <laughs> I can't see it changing back again. I think you're going to be able to go straight through C plus E from now on for the foreseeable future. And you're only the only demand you get <coughs> for C. I mean, seven and a half tonners. Why would you? Unless you were very specifically only wanting to get a horse box or something on the road. A C is virtually the same size mm-hmm. of vehicle anyway. Unless it's yes, like, yeah, exactly. unless it's like you know, tipper operators who only run eight wheelers, putting somebody through their test, they always say, you know, you're only getting mm-hmm. C. You know, we're not putting you through yeah. Arctic's because it might be more likely that you fail. I guess. Yes. Just, uh, yeah, that's a, that's about all I can think of, really, oh, yeah. to be honest. So, so I mean, I've, I mean, I, I I think that I was going to say I think realistically, if you're Let's say what was it eighteen? Let's say you're eighteen and you've never driven a, a C plus E in your life, and you you've done your car test and you want to drive an Arctic, I think really you should book a day or just, you know, at least four hours on a Category C just to get the rough idea of something that's a bit bigger with air brakes, you know. I know years ago people did C plus E straight off the bat at 21, skipped it all, but the truck technology was different and the roads weren't as busy. It's all, I mean, I, I learned 
I missed by six months. I did seven and a half category C, C plus E over the year or so. Um, but it just gives you that bit of variety and, and understanding of how how big you are on the road. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point that because I do remember going away. I mean. I gradually built myself up as well. I didn't do seven and a half tunnels, but I went to sea. But I remember I bought a Ford Transit recovery truck when I worked in the car magazine in England, uh, which was just a three and a half ton truck with a beaver tail on it. And I remember thinking, oh, bloody hell, this thing's a bit big. <laughs> Manoeuvring it through like urban streets and everything in Bristol, trying to get it back. And then, of course, I did do my class two, uh, the Ridges in Bristol, because I lived the south at the time in a Renault Premium with an eight speed knockover. And that just seemed enormous, you know. It was, mm, uh, yeah. it was quite intimidating to be, to begin with. Of course, I, if you've never driven anything like that at all, uh, I suppose in some ways, if you're quite fresh to just driving in general, it might work in your favour because you might not have built up as many bad habits yet. But you are also generally, you will. Most people will tend to be very unexperienced uh, in that respect, unless you've got a background in trucks or farming or something like that. But that's not a lot of people overall. So. Mm, yes, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what the future holds, really. I've got another full week next week, and then um, three days the week after, and I'm taking a couple of days off, then it'll be the pet van um, to who knows where. Uh, I did talk about recently quite an interesting little job that I was really hoping to come off on the van, which hasn't done yet, but it's still sort of on the cards to go. So I guess, hopefully... Maybe even the first week in January, I'll be off to somewhere I've not been before. That would be pretty Bloody hell. Pretty cool. What the hell's that? Yeah. Ten bucks <laughs> too. I'm not saying nothing. Just, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to jinx it and have the whole job cancelled completely because I've, I've even been down to the farm to leave uh, only to get a phone call literally two minutes away saying it's been delayed for... Oh. There's been an issue with paperwork and so... Oh, oh yeah. So I... I was under the impression... I went to yeah, I was under the impression you'd pretty much been everywhere. And your adventures with trans no. trucking. So that's curious as to is it in Europe? No, oh. no, it's not. Yeah. So it's only uh, the the parts of Europe I've not done are just sort of down the Balkans, just sort of down that that's coast right. there. There which I still really want to tick off, obviously Macedonia, Bosnia mm. and a couple of the others down there. So okay, who yeah. who knows what the who knows what the future brings. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, Mm. That'll be that'll be good. I mean, it's all everything's up in kind of going up in the air in Europe at the moment with COVID and lockdowns and things like that. But it doesn't really matter if you're in road transport anyway, because you'll be running. You know, it'll be it'll yep. be overridden. Yep. It, it's crazy what's going on in Austria and everything at the moment, <laughs> where they're like, "You must have the vaccine." It's yeah. all going crazy, and a lot of Europe was calling us Plague Island earlier on this year, <laughs> and it's like, "Ah, oh, well then, you know, you're not so clever now, are you?" Uh, I'm going away tomorrow, no, Tuesday, we're recording a Sunday morning, I'm going away with Scania to Sweden next week, which is the first press Uh event I've been on for a long time because they've launched the new Super Range, which is their new 13 litre offering, which they're going to have quite a hard push on this to get customers not to buy a V8 in some circumstances, I think, because they've now got a 560 horsepower 13 litre coming out. Although you're not going, wow. you're not going to get that until next October is when they'll start coming in. So Scania have invited us out. There's a, a squad of journalists going out, and there's some influencers as well. I know that Luke C and an HGV is going out there, uh, and maybe another yeah. couple of YouTubers and things. 
Um, so, uh, but the, the the hoops you've got to jump through for the COVID stuff, I was like, right, okay. you need to print off your vaccination status certificate. You need to do a lateral flow test and register it with the NHS or like the government 24 hours before you go. And then you've got to have a two-day PCR test when you come back which took me quite a lot of time to organise yesterday because I had to go through the government website and fill in a load of forms to get them to post me a PCR test free of charge, which is arriving today, so I'll just have it sitting there when I come back. Um, Right. But a lot of people want to charge you money for that as well. But I was like, I'm not paying for it. You must be able to get one for free. But there's a lot of COVID uh, hoops to jump through and a lot of paranoia from things yeah. so oh, it's just it's 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 never going to bloody end you know as soon as we get somewhere no. or that somebody will invent the new a new variant or something like that like I, yeah. I, I haven't been watching the news I accidentally watched the news in my parents last week and I was about to throw my phone through the telly because I was like this is ah, I'm not into this like, at all so no, no don't blame it's best just to avoid it I didn't watch anything at all uh, or listen yeah. to anything last week. I just picked up bits and pieces off Twitter and YouTube, and I'm like, ah, better yeah. off just not knowing. <laughs> yeah, ignorance really is bliss mm. sometimes, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> now, going back to your driver training, there yeah. was a few changes in the testing uh, setup uh, over the sort of uh, in the summer. They introduced that they're going to get rid of the reversing test and they were getting rid of the coupling and uncoupling. But you still have to do it separately with an independent trainer. So you guys, yes. you'll still be teaching this. So it's this all hasn't quite come in as yet and not been decided, has it? But that's the theory is that um, from what I can understand, you would do, let's say you've not passed your C plus E, you'd come to us and you'd do your usual training. You'd have to pass your reversing and coupling and uncoupling by us who are an approved centre. So you can do that? Want, uh, well, you will yes, be able will to, but naturally get it we set up. We will be able yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Well, if, if, if it all goes ahead, obviously. So it's not uh, actually, this hasn't been implemented yet. You can't, it's, it, you're still mm. doing the reversing and uncouple with the DVSA guy. Yeah, it's all still happening on your test now. Uh, but the theory is, once you've passed that and been signed off, you can then book your test so it'll be a purely, you go to the test centre and the examiner only sees you go forward and never backwards. So um, it, it's just this whole thing, the, the whole driver shortage thing, which has been a thing for, I mean, I have I can remember when I sort of started driving as such, you know, over 20 years ago, there was a driver shortage. It's always been a problem. Everyone in the industry knows this. Um, and the government are obviously trying to encourage more people in and, and make it quicker to get your licence, but examiners are sitting up there twiddling their thumbs and doing nothing. And That's it, they haven't, now they've got re- they haven't <laughs> maxed out the tests that they've got, have they? They've never managed to do it. No, no, no not at all. And um, because they've got they've not got rid of the car and trailer, the B plus C, they've not got rid of it yet, but you cannot book a test. It's put an awful lot of people out of business because that's all they did. They just had a, like a pickup and a trailer. Uh-huh. They would train people people to drive, a, you know, so they can take their caravan wherever. They've now got no work. I did overhear another trainer talking to somebody else and saying that <clears throat> there's one company round our way, I can't remember which one it is, who obviously used to do a lot of that amongst other stuff, and apparently they're £100,000 a year worse off without the B&E, mm. which is a lot of money. And, and in, in any exact instructors they had who only can instruct on that, have now got no no job. Uh, that's not so, not so good. I, I'm not convinced about that, just with the amount of caravans you see over on your side anyway. In the summer down the M5 yeah. heading towards Cornwall and things, you know, they, 
They probably yeah. could have set up like a different scenario where you know those those trainer people probably could have like uh, assessed people and potentially signed them off for B plus E even if you weren't clogging up the, the clogging up the yeah. the DVSA which has never has been like we say they have never maxed out the amount of tests they're doing in the week ever and then they're trying to get more tests yeah. online so it's not really really relevant I mean the a shortage of there is like a shortage of drivers but the hundred thousand figure. Is, it's nowhere near that. There isn't 100,000 trucks spare for people to drive. There isn't 20,000 trucks spare. No. If, certain, if you had like five guys turn up at your average sort of holiday and said, we all want to drive for you next week, you'd be like, don't have trucks for you. You know, I don't have, yeah. I can't. And it's really hard to get trucks. Uh, it, yes. And it's not going to get, so, it's hey. not going to get any better because they can't get the semiconductors from China to build them. And that's it's it, that isn't going to improve anytime soon. I don't think it's going to be over a year lead times. If you want to order a truck now, you're getting it in twenty twenty three. Unless well, I I actually heard that the soup that, that super semiconductor factory was actually in Japan and not China because I was more I was more surprised by that than the fact that you just couldn't get one. Um, I've heard that it was China. Would, it's China uh, that's controlling it, controlling it all. If if it's one in Japan, I suppose there might be another one. Hmm. Not to go. Yeah, I, suppose I might I mean, have to research that. Look at that. This, this this is a friend friend of mine who is a salesman for Mercedes trucks, um, and he said that the same can this particular factory is in Japan. I mean, again, he could be wrong, but and they supplied it's something like seventy or eighty percent of the world's semiconductors. I know there's a shortage of metals as well, and it's all everything's stacked against it. So again, coming back to us trying to get a second hand tractor unit, it's just been a nightmare because nobody can buy a new truck, so no one's selling a truck. The prices have all gone up. Mm-hmm. You just and for for what we need, we don't need. We can have Euro One essentially. The only thing they really wanted was an auto gearbox. Yeah, you, um, okay. you must be able to get a could... Euro Five. There's a lot of them parked up because they're basically worthless now, is it not? Is it still finding it well, difficult to get what you something that you ideally want? Finally managed to find a, it's a DAF Super Space Cab. They found I think on a sixty-three plate. So what's that? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Last of the Euro Five. So it'll be the old yes. shape one. I yeah. Mean. That's right, yeah. So finally managed to find one of them um, that's not not ridiculous money as well. Um, but yeah, the superconductor thing, or semiconductor, um, I know a friend of mine, it's about two months ago, got a, a brand new all singing, all dancing Scania S. Was it 660 or something? Yeah, the, With the 660 the... are starting to filter in now. I haven't seen, really seen any. Um, yeah. I know that... The, um... Emma from Burkham Hollage, she got a 650S just on the road in the last week, which had been a long yeah. time coming from Scania. And I was actually surprised it was a 650 and not a 660 because right. they're starting to filter in now. But that's how far behind like the orders are with things. Like well, Scania, if you order yeah. up, the 560 is coming in, but the, the, the 540 is going to be superseded by that. But you'll still have 540s right. coming online for over a mm-hmm. year, well over a year to come yet before the 560 arrives, just because the lead times are so incredibly long. <laughs> yeah, well, his his came home with no electrics in the door because the truck had to go on the road. They obviously can't get the electrics. And they'd say he couldn't open his window for the first week or so until the bits came in to then go in and have it retrofitted. It's just just madness. So Great. it's <laughs> yeah, as if haulage wasn't difficult enough and everything stacked against you. Now you can't get a truck because I start thinking, well, if you 
if you had a small fleet and you're unfortunate enough that someone wrote a truck off, uh, yeah, you'd be you'd be really stumped, wouldn't you? I said I said that really um, during this week because we over the last week I've been driving for Archie Johnston, who's a, a local tipper operator <coughs> to me. He's he's yeah. all eight wheelers, and traditionally he's been pretty much all Scania. He's had a few other different yeah. things over the years, but recent times he's been buying in uh, MANs. Uh, they're a great price. You get a great warranty on them, and they seem to be working mm-hmm. out really, really well. But and it's a matter of what you can what you can get a hold of, you know. And yeah. that's it. That if somebody wrote a truck off or the engine grenaded itself in it and everything like that, you can't get. You can't just go and hire a truck. Even you can't just go out and get something else easily because there's just <coughs> such a shortage of. Uh, available vehicles which goes back to mm. if there was such a great driver shortage if you suddenly got all these drivers you wouldn't have trucks for them yeah a bit bit like the tanker shortage that uh, we obviously managed to get about 5,000 tanker drivers overnight to resolve the, the fuel crisis yeah, that was a weird one that, um, which is... strange, strange <laughs> things going on uh, going on there anyway yes it's, uh, I mean the price of fuel's pretty crippling as well that's absolutely mm-hmm. up through the roof and that's that's hurting hauliers as well it's hurting everybody. Yeah. It's over a hundred pounds to go and fill the tank of a normal car now, which is just it's bad. Isn't it? I, I remember, I remember the fuel protest when it hit a pound a litre. Was it two? I, think it I don't think it was. I don't think it was even that high. I think it was like it was getting up <coughs> towards a pound. It wasn't actually a pound. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, that was like every- that was before nine eleven when you could go and protest like that. But if you went and did that now, I mean, they would just go. Yeah. And, I mean. You, uh, I saw the excellent, excellent news this week that all those people from Insulate Britain got uh, jailed for causing a huge amount of selfish disruption and problems to people. Uh, so now a lot of, you know, uh, hippie climate protesters went and blocked up bridges in London uh, to go and say uh-huh. that there were political prisoners and all this sort of stuff. But the, the police were just kind of letting them sit there and letting them get on with their protest and stuff. If we went and parked <coughs> a load of lorries over a bridge in London... Uh, to go and protest mm-hmm. about circ- uh, fuel prices and you know uh, lack of facilities and all that. Everybody's lorry who goes there, they would go and probably seize them and then you'd be up in front of the traffic commission and lose your livelihood. But because these people yeah. on the bridge and everything probably don't do very much or anything uh, to contribute in a meaningful way to society in any way, shape or form, they can't do anything. You can't take, it, you can't take things off people who don't really have anything of value. I don't know, our government have been doing quite a good job of that to me for a long time. Oh, well, <laughs> we're not a fan of Insulate Britain on this podcast. And everything, you know. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> it's, it's bonkers. I mean, we had the COP26, Scania had their conference up there the other week, and the government's got a real blind spot to alternate fuels because these are like mm-hmm. HVO diesel and LNG gas. LNG is potentially carbon negative because they can make it from food yeah. waste and manure. So it's actually cleaner yeah. uh, overall than any type of electricity. But because yeah. it's burned in a combustion engine and something comes out the tailpipe, the governments are like, no, they won't look at it, they won't support it or anything like that. When these things are yeah. a fantastic solution for trucks that are on the road right now, most trucks can run HVO diesel, and also LNG, the technology is there for these trucks right now, and it's not going to require massive investment in the charging grid or anything, but they're not interested in a green, viable solution that's available right now because they're obsessed with electric. And another problem you've yeah. got with electric is all the battery technology, and this came from somebody at the COP26 Scania conference. They said it's China that controls the batteries and the manufacturing for uh-huh. it, and they've already said... yeah. 
Uh, oh, it's going to be supply and demand. There's a shortage of materials to make the batteries, so the price is going to have to go up, and it's not going to be easy to get them. So they're probably going to yeah, try. Fancy that. Yeah, so they're probably <laughs> going to try and put us over a barrel, not an oil barrel, even more so to China than we already are. I'm like, oh well, fantastic. Yeah. You know, you want your electric trucks? They're not going to be able to get them. Uh, they'll be super expensive when they do come here. And besides the point, it's not happening with full weight long haul stuff anyway. It's not a viable solution. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. You, you need yep. uh, you need a different solution to that, which should be alternative fuels and ultimately probably hydrogen technology. But that's not. Yeah. You can't produce that in any sort of uh, amount needed at the, needed at the moment. So hmm. yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of looked at this whole hydrogen versus electric thing <clears throat> from a very much an outsider's point of view. But it seems to me a bit like when for the <laughs> for our sort of generation, probably not for the younger people listening to this, who probably won't quite get it. But when VHS and Betamax were mm. sort of Compete, competing for which would be the chat, and everyone went to VHS and knocked the beta max out of the out out of the stands basically. And it seems to be electric is everyone's going with the electric VHS rather than something else, which is the beta max, which could well be a better yeah. concept. And but yeah, ex- the majority is just going electric everywhere. Exactly, and it's not re- it's not a particularly good solution. It's not going to be viable for a lot of haulage and transport and. It's not really yeah. viable. It's not viable for everybody with cars and vehicles either. And there, there were like some yeah. commenters. I was reading, it must have been the Guardian or something like that. And they're saying, you know, about sports car manufacturers, and they're saying, you know, oh, they're going to be wiped out with the advent of electrification. You know, people aren't going to want to buy these. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Millionaires and billionaires are yeah. still going to want to buy petrol-powered supercars. Yeah. And just because you stop selling them in Britain, they're not going to care because you're still going to be able to buy them in Russia and India and China and Vietnam and all these other Monaco. places. <laughs> you're still going to be able to yeah. buy the things. And that's besides the point that supercars produce such a negligible amount of emissions overall in the world because they do such low <laughs> mileages and there are so few of them comparatively. So yes. what's the point of yeah. what's the point of like not still producing them either? <sighs> So you're back out. You're back out training all next week. Then you've got an adventure <coughs> all next week abroad and things like that. What's your plans for Christmas? Because it's only sort of a month away now. Uh, it seems crazy that it's crept up on us that fast as well. Are you going to be taking a couple of weeks yes. off? Are you going to be busy with that? So I'm. Yeah, I'm training. Training up to the twenty second. Um, so whether I even bother to try and fill the last of the week with a couple of maybe a couple of days on sugar beet again. Just for a little an extra bump, because I I won't work between Christmas and New Year. I'll have all that time off, and then um, start again in the January. Uh, but I was just going to say with with the electric, um, the the pet van that they've got an all electric veto, uh-huh. which is ideal for London because a lot of stuff, obviously being based near London, lots of stuff goes into London, so it's ideal for you know congestion charge and all that sort of caper. But I'm sure it was him telling me. The technology just for like the sprinter van, you need that many more batteries for a sprinter. You just can't get any sort of payload on at all. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Again, the, the the battery thing for electric is just not ideal. I did take the Vito for a little drive because I'd never driven an electric vehicle mm-hmm. other than a hybrid ten years ago for Volvo on a on a demo day. It was um it, it was strange being in just a, like a silent milk float going at. 50, 60 miles an hour. Yeah, they do, was, they do uh, zip yeah, on. So, I've driven the Volvo <coughs> yeah. FL electric lorry, which has got two electric motors at the back of it, so it's technically 
about 500 horsepower. And that, that does actually yeah. work very well. And Volvo have got such high confidence in it, they're looking to go and put it into a hauler or to go and let them work it uh, to right. go and see how it goes. And that, for distribution stuff, uh, it'll be absolutely perfect. You will have yeah. distribution trucks, uh, depending on what they're doing, will be broadly electric in the future. But as you go up the size mm-hmm. scale and the distance and the weight, it's not going to be electric. That eight-wheeler tipper that I drove last week, you know, a couple of the days when I stepped out, it felt like I got off the waltzers because I'd just been yeah. non-stop all day by in and out of Edinburgh like four times away up into the, into the hills in, in the south of Edinburgh and everything. And the lorry is running like full load, full weight, 32 tonnes, full throttle the whole time. And it's like, there's no danger of something, there's no danger of something with batteries on it is going to manage to do what that did over the course of a whole day and only stop for like yeah. sort of 45 minutes for a break during that time. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Yeah. But of course, it, no. the solution will be fine for certain things. Uh, now, now yes. the sugar beet, because that is what you've got. The, the new truck and driver came out on Friday. It's got cherry piped Scania on the cover and a nice gatefold advertising sleeve from Scania uh, on there, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, pretty impressive. And we've also got, yep, we've got quite a big team truck and driver update. We've got Niall Barker's in there with his stuff. We've got Paul's done a tribute, and you've got an update where you've done, so you've been back out on the, the Sugar Beat, which is a big local industry to you. A lot of mm-hmm. people in other parts of the country might know what the hell are they on about, Sugar Beat? Um, because yeah. it's, it is pretty, it's only in certain parts of the country. And I think your part is Norfolk's, like the main. Producer Suffolk. 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 It's the main producer. Suffolk. Suffolk. The main producer of it. Suffolk. <laughs> Pretty much. There, I mean, there is an awful lot in Norfolk as well. Um, so we, there's the, the sugar beet factories are, there's Bury St. Edmunds, there's Cantley, which is close to Great Yarmouth, Whissington, which is up towards Kings Lynn. There is one at Newark, and I think that is it. There used to be Ipswich. Uh, which is long gone, and there would have been others, but they, they're the main ones. Berry, the one at Berry normally opens first for business when the sugar beet campaign starts, and it's usually pretty much the last to to, to intake beet unless something's going on, and then, then stuff will still go up to Whissington or, or maybe even Cantley. Um, but it's it's a it's a good, fun job. It's easy. Uh, you A lot of the time, if you're loading off a machine called a mouse, which... I think they're possibly Danish or or German. One of the M A U S is that's that M A U S. I think yeah. that's mouse in German. That actual like that rodent, be, yeah. as in rodent. It's M A U S as in rodent. Spelled. <clears throat> right. Yes. That's the one. That. So um, yeah. But they, <laughs> if 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 you're loading off off of the mouse, you'll you'll get twenty nine ton of sugar beet on near on eight minutes to to load you, which is super quick, straight down to the factory. From from actually pulling up at, out, outside the factory, undoing all all of your tailgate except for one one ring, unless you've got an automatic one. Weigh in if you have to sample sample. If not, straight round onto the pads, tip out, weigh out yourself, redo your tailboard back up. It's again about eight minutes, maybe ten tops. So there's no hanging about, no waiting. Um, it opens at six in the morning, I think it is, and closes about seven, eight o'clock at night, maybe even nine. So there's a huge window there to be getting mm. as much in as you can, and it's open seven days a week. Now, I didn't realise until speaking to them the other day that if you are contracted of being in Sugar Beat, you are contracted seven days. So, so for somebody like me who's a casual, exceptionally casual, most people would say, uh, it's ideal because if I can do a couple of days, he can give someone 
a 24 or 45 yeah. so they can then work work the weekend and, and keep going in with it so but again with with their choice of truck which most people would look at and think my god you know i pr- probably uh would export that lot the fact that it's a tiny cab with your, your little lightweight midlift and a, a fairly big trailer you will get near on 30 tons on legally to several of their trucks so if you're putting 30 loads of sugar beet in in a day and everyone's doing 30 ton whereas your people with your big volvos and scanners and stuff like that are only getting 28 and a half you've you've put in an extra load for free yeah you know it, it really makes sense now here's a here's one for you or for people who may listen to this it's always intrigued me that campbell's uh, a campbell's of scotland yeah um they seem to be doing sugar beet bizarrely. So presumably, I'm guessing that they're down here. They've bought whatever down here. They're then going to do a backload of something out of the beet factory because there's limestone pellets and various other byproducts that go out and go away, like sugar beet pulp and stuff. But then they'll also bring a load in. So whether they're tipping close by, then doing sugar beet in between, then reloading off again. I'm not sure. I've never actually had a chance to speak to a driver. Mm-hmm. It just seems bizarre. You've got this local haulage thing going on, and then you've got a big Scottish V8. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had one tipping with me on on the pad the other day, and I thought that'd make a lovely photo for truck and driver, but you're not allowed out your truck. Yeah. So there's no no chance of that happening, unfortunately. Uh, they're, they're, they're not that far from me, Campbell's. I know Alan uh, Campbell and, and his dad. I did a feature on them in 2016 for Trucking Magazine, and we're supposed to be going yeah. back to see them as well because they've got some new Volvos, and they'd also bought, mm-hmm. they'd also bought in some DAFs. Again, it was a matter of what's what's available and investigating your options. Yeah. The Volvos uh, mark a bit of a change because they are, I think they're FH540s with the little mini midlift on them and the dual clutches yeah. as well. So there's obviously a payload mm-hmm. consideration going on there as well, above and beyond sort of your big, yeah. your big V8. But again, I mean, those guys run yeah. over the sort of length and breadth of the country. Their drivers are all away the entire week, so that'll be, what, yeah. be whatever the whatever the work is and what's going on. They used to run fridges, hmm. uh, which they pulled up. They, they, pulled, they still do. I don't, 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 they, don't they still have a couple of fridges? I don't think it's not in it. If they do, it's not anywhere no. near as many as they was to. I think Brexit just, you know, it was just a pain in the, a pain to be mucking about with in it and all that. So they decided to focus their energies <coughs> on the uh, bulk side of the business right, instead. Okay. So, yeah, I just like, oh. mind that. I need to go and give them a shout because the, the Volvos were yeah. delayed, delayed, and then delayed again, as is the way with pretty much most trucks and all that. We've got a, a lot of photo shoots they get put back because the trucks are just yeah. slow in coming. But that's the same across all seven manufacturers, uh, plus, well, Isuzu as well, I suppose, probably. Uh, yeah. Eight. But, uh, so, yeah, just it, I'll just be interested for my own sad interest, really, as to... Why on earth they're bothering with a bit of sugar beet? But I'm presuming that's just a pad, pad you know, or, or even get them straight into the factory for a reload, perhaps. Must be, yeah, it must be a, uh, must yeah. be a logic to it, aye. So yeah, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy a bit of sugar beet. So, um, yeah, the, the, the campaign normally runs from September, January to around February time, roughly. So, you know, give or take. Sometimes it starts a bit later and so on and so forth. But then you just know there's work seven days a week if you want it. Uh, it, they close Christmas Day, New Year's Day, and I think they're even open Boxing Day. But I certainly won't be going anywhere near a truck on Boxing Day. I should be uh, heading to the pub again. Oh, that's my plan. Oh, that's good. Providing <laughs> providing they're open, I'm sure they will be in England. I'm not sure we're going to have any lockdowns and things. Have we? 
I've I've actually got quite a big crunch between now and the end of the year because I didn't. Well, I don't know if it would have happened anyway, but I didn't do anything very much for a long time. <coughs> bar to sort of just get the magazine out the door, and I've now got Sweden mm-hmm. to go to. I'm going to the Truckmate UK Christmas uh, party on this coming Saturday because I'm not going home from Sweden. I'm just going to go into the office on Friday. And then I'm going to go, I spend the day in a scrapyard on Saturday around Manchester because it's full of Vauxhall Cavaliers, apparently, which is obviously my favourite. Ah. So I'm going to spend yes. the day in there and do a video <clears> on that for my YouTube channel. And then I'm going to drive across to Halifax and go there for a couple of hours. So that's that taken up. I'm just looking at the calendar and what's next. I've got to go to mm. Blackpool. I've been invited there for my YouTube channel. And what else? There's, there's other stuff as well. I've got to go to, oh, I've got to go and present the awards. For the trucking driver, uh, that that was published on Friday. We've got our award winners, our hero of haulage, which is Karen Sutherland. That's um, going to see her up at ENS Rogers, where she drives for, on the 18th of December. And I've also got to go and see Pete Brown, which I'll probably try and do on this Saturday because they're up near Manchester. He's our young driver. And the trickiest one is our um, lifetime achievement winner, John Curry. He works for Mandel of Tarbert which is a way over on uh, one of the Scottish islands. So that either that either requires a ferry or a plane. So I think we'll probably get the ferry. Um, but I love to yeah. work out the logistics with Steve McCann, the photographer I'll be seeing in a while. Um, but it looks yeah. like there's not... Uh, between now and the end of the year, there's just no time left. It's going to be Christmas before we know it and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I'm quite happy to go and shut the door in 2021. It's been a really strange, strange year. Oh, I remembered what the other thing it was. I've got, after not driving for a while, I went out and drove that eight-wheeler, which was just driving. It was just a lorry I was driving for Archie. It wasn't a demonstrator or anything. But I've got the Volvo's FH16 750 booked for a week commencing. Well, probably from like Sunday the 12th of December. So that'd be nice. Because I asked Volvo for a demonstrator and they said, what do you want? And I was like, you got the FH16? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, I'll have that. As much as, you know, I, I would be interested to see the performance of the 460 turbo compound. You know, if you're getting offered an FH16 mm-hmm. or a turbo compounder and you're not paying for the diesel, what are you going to take? You know? Yes. It's absolutely. That, yeah, without a doubt. That was so. good. Uh, I've also got a book. <coughs> yeah. Kel Truck are supplying me with their new, this is a bit of an unusual one, a 530S. So that's the entry level V8, 530 horsepower. Right. So I've got that in yeah. January, and I've got another Scania, which is coming from Scania, mm-hmm. which is the R540, which is now, obviously, the 540 is on its way out, but it's still you're still going to be having filtered in for over a year, as I mentioned. So I've got that in February, and then Mercedes-Benz, uh, Jamie from Mercedes popped up on Twitter and said, oh, why haven't you called me? And I was like, because you're supposed to call me about a demonstrator truck. <laughs> so I think I'm getting a Mercedes-Benz in March. So I was like, right. So right. that would take... And if I go around, all the way around to April, <clears throat> I really need to drive the new MAN at some point, the TGX tractor unit, because it's a bit of a gap in my knowledge. I haven't driven one. I've only spent right. a couple of hours on a 640 when I rescued Bob Beach when his taco time ran out a year ago on the M5 because yeah. I happened to be heading south <laughs> that week to drive the S-Way. So a lot of a lot of yeah. good trucks to drive so that's good a lot of driving mm. stuff lined up and obviously you've got your secret adventure to some uh, non-european country coming up as well so that'll be good yeah definitely hopefully i did um i did a quick trip to madrid at the start of this month as well i don't think we've mentioned no that, no have i haven't we? mentioned um, that no was that in the van no, which was nice yeah it was yeah took a took a beautiful rottweiler down to uh, madrid um on the way down 
just usual sort of thing on because I had the pet on motorway. Keep it simple. There's a huge queue up, up the national or the or the ten up towards Bordeaux. There was just a queue of at least ten, twelve kilometres or so of trucks for absolutely no apparent reason. Couldn't figure out what it was, and I just thought, you know what? On the way back, I'm gonna I'm gonna vary the route a bit, and I'm I'm not gonna come up this way. Uh, the guy who I shared a van with. He had gone up over the hills um, near Hueva, I think it's, it is, or in, and across Jacca, across the Pyrenees, and drop into France at Pau. I was like, right, I'll give that a go. Um, and so I headed up that way when I was empty, and had a lovely sort of mountain drive mm. up. And I went, I went through the, the, well, the, the, I think the pass is the Somport, uh, and there's a tunnel at the top, so it is truck friendly. Uh, but there is then the actual mountain road going right over the top with its three and a half ton weight limit. The beauties of a Mercedes Vito. Up we went, and I hit snow for the first time this year. I, I couldn't quite believe yeah. it. So, um, yeah, it started snowing. I stopped at the top for a few photographs. Uh, there's a French family having a bit of a snowball fight that they wanted me to – well, they threw snowballs at me. I don't know if they actually just meant to or, or wanted me to join in. Um, then dropped down the other side, and it was as if nothing happened. So I, I sent my friend a picture, and he phoned me up. He's, you know, where the hell are you? I was up there – just a couple of weeks ago in a T-shirt, it was exceptionally warm. So <clears throat> the, the snow would sort of start to move in. So uh, I have got a few photos. I shall put that in my next team truck and drive yeah, a bit. Oh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, that was a, I, I shan't say who who the animal went to, but it was uh, someone quite famous. Um, but that doesn't need to be mentioned. <clears throat> but he you was can a, tell a me once went off here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you'll probably, you probably won't know who he is if you're anything like me. <laughs> So yeah, that was a that was a nice little trip. So um, we shall see what next. See what December's yes jo- jolly will be. Yeah, something something equally as nice. Hopefully, that'd be good. Brilliant. Cool. Well, yeah. I need to be up at Knock Hill for a photo shoot. Uh, we've got some <coughs> uh, a bit of an unusual one uh, today, a bit different. We've got some uh, disabled people who are going to be out uh, getting the opportunity to drive a lorry at Knock Hill. <coughs> so I'm going. All oh, right, I'm going that sounds good. To, to do that this morning so we'll wrap this up now thank you very much for coming back on the podcast again it's been great to catch up uh, that's try a pleasure and make sure that we do so again before Christmas and, yes uh, yes absolutely enjoy your training and uh, pet carrying and whatever else uh, is you're up to in the coming weeks yes and who, who knows what that brings cool fantastic thanks very much Matt I'll catch you soon lovely cheers Doug you'll speak bye to you bye. soon bye thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk, where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.